Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. The goodness of the Lord. Praise God. Thank God for his goodness that will lead us to a place where we can have a closer relationship with him. In Jesus' name, praise God. We thank you for coming to this service today. We honor our men today, fathers especially. Um, I think um, men and fatherhood can be put kind of in the same category in some things, but uh, nevertheless, we do. We're going to have a special presentation here, but would you just lift your hands right now, and would you lift up your voices right now to the King of Kings? All my life, you have been faithful. Oh, yes, Lord. All my life, you have been so good. Oh, with every breath that I'm able, Lord God, I'm going to lift up the name of the Lord. I pray that you will help us, Lord God. Help us today. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. I give you praise and I give you glory. Even when others don't. I give you praise and I give you glory, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. To begin this service, this portion of the service off this morning, I want to make a presentation to all of our men. And I want our men to come forward here. I'm going to give you a gift here today. Uh, ladies, you can be seated. The men, I want you to come. Every man here, I want you to come. I have a special pin that I want to present to you this morning that has, in my opinion, a very powerful um, uh, saying on it. And it just simply says, men of faith. Come on, somebody say, that's me. Praise God. Men of faith lead by example. And so I'm hoping by getting this pen here today that when you look at this, you'll remember that. Praise God. This is not some kind of an intimidation. This is a message to you. Praise God. If anybody in this world, praise God. I'm going to read some statistics here in just a second. But I want every person here, praise God. Brother Jeremy, would you do me a favor? Would you come and would you just pass every one of these to get a pen? Praise God. I want men today to feel like they count in Jesus' name. And i not taking anything away from anybody else, praise God. But I'm here to tell you, praise God, that it's important for us as men to recognize, recognize, praise God, who we are, what we represent in this hour in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. We are so glad today, Lord God, that you can message us. You can help us to understand, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in Jesus' name, praise God. That your word and your spirit, Lord God, we can be the examples that you want us to be. And Lord God, help us. Help us to lead by example. Ladies, would you just present your hands up towards these men right now? Come on, let's ask the Lord to touch each and every one. Every one of us in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Everyone, Lord God, never to forget this. Never to forget this. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God, I honor them today. Today especially. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Let this count today. Let nobody, anybody, all people that hear this, Lord God, never be the same again. That your word and spirit, Lord God, will, Lord God, have it in a unique way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be to the name of the Lord.
In Jesus' name, and you may be seated. The Lord bless you today. In Jesus' name, I'm going to be making my remarks this morning in probably in categories. There's much that I feel like the Lord wants to accomplish even in this service today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I got this this morning from a good friend of mine in the Rocky Mountain District. He sent this to me and I sent it to several of us brethren. And I want you to think about this, praise God. There is a 0.0296%. Now, that's pretty low. 0.0296 chance that your child is going to become a professional athlete. I'm not trying to bust any bubbles here. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad and that type of thing, but I just want you to understand today there's a very, very, very low percentage that your child is going to become some kind of a professional athlete. And that's not to say that we can't have good times out on the ball field and that type of thing, but you know something? There's a 100, 100% chance that your child is going to stand before God. So now you tell me what's important. You tell me what should be, what, what really should be the things that we emphasize in Jesus' name. And I'm not going to go into what, where we're at as a nation and that type of thing. It's very, very evident out there what people feel like are important. But you being here in a house of God is very, very important. There was a study that was focused on Sunday school. Found, and they found that the, the results on the impact of fathers were this. When both parents, now listen to this, when both parents attend Bible study in addition to the Sunday service, the statistics are 72% of their children attend Sunday school when they're grown. Now you think about a statistic like that, praise God, that is tremendous. Now I understand this is a statistic that we are taking in apostolic churches. I don't know about the churches up there. You know, when, when Paul was talking to Timothy and he was talking about end times, he was talking about conditions of the church and not just any church, not just because somebody's got a sign on the door and, and, and they, they hold traditional services. And I'm not here to criticize. I'm just saying, but apostolic churches are churches that emphasize these kind of things. And so think about that, 72%, praise God, of children that where both parents will attend Bible study. Now, when only the mother attends Sunday school, 15% of those children attend when they are grown. Isn't that amazing? That's considerable a drop, amen. And when neither parent attends Sunday school, only 6% of the children attend when they are grown. Now look around you and see how important it is for you to be in the house of God. Come on, men of faith, men of faith, they will lead by example. They won't make excuses why they're not there, praise God. And I'm not here to make anybody feel bad unless it's God convicting you. But the bottom line is you cannot, you cannot deny statistics like this. That, praise God, when men will decide to take up the stand, praise God, and, and do what God wants them to do. I'm here to tell you, folks, lots of things can begin to be put into place. And so I hope that you will consider that today. What you do from here on out, I'm not here to wipe your, fa you know, your face in your past. I'm just here to say that some things can be corrected right here this morning. Somebody, instead of getting a bad attitude about this, can begin to lift up their hands right now and say, I'm going to make a change in the name of Jesus. I'm going to make the things of God important in my life, praise God. And even if I don't have any biological children, I'm going to make some, a difference, praise God, for people in, my, in this this world in the name of Jesus. Come on, men, let's lift up our hands. Let's ask the Lord to touch us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, folks, God wants to make a difference in our lives. God wants to make a difference in your life. He wants you to be an impact in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I tell you, I give you praise and I give you glory in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord God, I believe that you are the one that is going to make the difference in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. That's why next week, I believe, is when our men's meeting is going to be next Sunday night. Um, we've already got the books, and I'm going to pass them out next Sunday night. 
Amen. This is going to be a four-week Bible study that we're going to do on dominion, praise God. And, and God's going to help us not only as fathers but as men to take authority with his help and with his grace, praise God, in our lives in certain areas in Jesus' name. And so if you're interested in that kind of thing, one of the things that we've been doing, you know, in this church is making room for women and men's meetings, praise God, where specifically we can deal with some of the things that each one has to deal with on a regular basis because we have help from God. Can you say amen? Come on, I want you to understand God isn't here, praise God, with an indictment on you. He's here to say, listen, if you want to make a difference, I'm, I can be in your life. I can be the one that flows through you and you can begin to float into others, praise God. And I'm telling you something, it will make a difference in Jesus' name. Can you just lift your hands once again and give God praise in the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I depend on you. I depend on you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord God. Your word in your spirit, Lord God, hallelujah, is a tremendous thing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, praise God. Let's give God praise and glory. Can we do that? Amen. Also this morning, early this morning when I was coming to church, I received this from my brother. My brother Merv has become kind of the Carnahan historian, archive keeper, that type of thing. And we cleaned out my mother's home uh, back in 19, or 2019, and we just had boxes and boxes and boxes of pictures. And unfortunately, a lot of the pictures that were taken from the attic of my mom's home um, you know, she's one of the only ones that were left that could identify some of these people. We didn't know who they were, and we've been, and he's been trying. He's been doing some research and that type of thing. But this morning, uh, this this Father's Day, he sent me a picture of my dad, and I, I'm I'm going to guesstimate that my dad's got to be in his early 30s here, and and a tremendous man. He would, I, um, I wish I could show every one of you. You'd know where I get my good looks from. You know, I mean, no, not really. But it, he was a tremendous man. And I, I have, you know, memories of my father, just like many of you do, you know. Um, uh, unfortunately, or the way it was, the way life presented itself when I was a young child, my father wasn't around much. And I, that's not my, my holding that against my father. That's just the way it was. He ran his own business. He worked a lot of long hours. And he was a man of great integrity in, in Jesus' name. One of the memories that I have of my father is that my brother and I, um, he took us on a Sunday afternoon, I'll never forget this, and drove us over to his shop, which was in Monticello, Iowa. It was about 10 miles away. And we got into a, a, a big, huge truck, and I'll never forget this, um, uh, going down the street in this truck and, 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 and being way above all the cars. It was just quite a thrill. I'll never forget that. And I remember him going out to a job site in uh, south of uh, Monticello there. And, um, and, and, and him getting a tractor off of, that, off of that truck and beginning to do some grading work and that type of thing. And there was some things that were wrong and, and whoever was doing the work the day or two before that, uh, they didn't quite finish it and they didn't quite get it done right. And so my father went over there and he, um, and he did that. He, he took a couple of hours off of his time and he went over there and, um, and he finished that job. And that might not mean much to you, but my father was a, a, a tremendous man of integrity. My brother worked with him and, and tells me stories about some of the things that he stood up to. Praise God. One of the things that my father had a problem with, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but uh, he had a problem with engineers. <laughs> and the reason he had a problem with engineers is because engineers, you know, were people that a lot of times would put it on paper. And, and they were smart people, and, and they, I believe they were sincere in that type of thing. But it was my dad that had to go and take the stuff off of that paper and make it work. And a lot of times it wasn't exactly the way it was going to be on the paper. And that's not being critical. That's just how it works. And there's a couple of times that my brother told me when he worked for him that summer that there was times that he stood up to engineers. And things got a little bit heated, you know, because he knew that if he was to do the thing the way they wanted him to do it, there was going to be problems. And at least a couple of times, my brother says that the engineers came back to him and, and said, Mervyn, uh, we appreciate you standing up to us, and we appreciate you, you know, taking that kind of a stand. You were right. This isn't going to work. We're going to have to change this. 
And that doesn't mean that my father was the smartest person in the world. It just means that he was a man of integrity. And I remember that about him. Now, because he wasn't around a lot when I was a young child, you know, you know I could, could have felt rejected. And maybe as a child, sometimes I did. But I'm here to tell you, I want to minister to some people here today. I, I really feel the Lord wants to heal you. Praise God. Because rejection is real. But there's a real difference, folks. There's a huge difference between being rejected and feeling rejected. One of the first stops that God makes in, a human, in a human, the, the human element, if I can put it that way, is something called the conscience. That's what God deals with. Amen. Now, again, he doesn't violate the conscience. That's where God will go. A lot of times we call this the still small voice, you know, that type of thing, but it's real. God is in there. And one of the things that the word conscience means, especially in the Old Testament, is it means co-perspective. And every person needs one. You and I, somebody told me one time, and I've never forgot this, you know, that my perspective sometimes can be stronger than truth. Really? And that's why sometimes people can feel rejected and that perspective will just, it'll, it, it'll absolutely saturate all of their lives. And that's where you get sin and you get some kind of rebellion and things like that will come and, 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 and come into a person's life. They will feel rejected when in essence, and I can tell you from my own experience, my father wasn't rejecting me. Just because he couldn't be there didn't mean that he didn't like me and he didn't care for us kids. That had absolutely nothing to do with it. But I understand the fact that I can start playing around with that in my brain. And pretty soon, man, I don't think my, God li my dad liked me. And that is not true. I believe he was a man that did the best that he could under the circumstances that he lived. And I want to tell some of you today that are having a problem with your father or even a father image, that's probably the truth in Jesus' name. Amen. That most people, praise God, we've been going through these marriage classes on, on, on Thursday night and they've had powerful amount of material that's been coming forth from them. And one of the things the man is making the emphasis of on men is the fact that men generally are honorable people. They want to do the right thing. Now, due to circumstances, I'm not saying that they always are, but that is a need, praise God, that a man has, praise God, is to do the right thing, praise God. And aren't you glad that God helps you to do that? Amen. That restores some things, praise God, in a person's life. Amen. And so this morning, I want you to understand that I, I didn't know your dad, and I'm not here to, you know, to put words in your mouth and that type of thing, but I want you to understand that through your heavenly Father, God wants to heal you in the name of Jesus. Look at this. Sister Carnahan, I want you to put Psalm 27 up on, oh, you got to pay, where did you get that? Oh, look at that. Can I gloat for about 30 seconds? Doesn't that guy look good? Amen. That's, that's what my dad looked like back in probably, I, I, I wish I knew exactly how old he was. I want to say probably around 30, maybe 31 years of age, praise God. And again, he, he had, a, he had a, an infectious smile. Amen. But boy, he had a temper. And man, when he, when he felt like he was right and when he felt like there, there were things that were, um, you know, that were not going right, I mean to tell you, you, you'd know he was in the room. Amen. And that's why I admire him. I really do. He was not a mean man. He was not somebody that, that, that tried to be malicious towards people. He was somebody that really, he loved a lot of people. Amen. My grandmother died back in 1970, and we had an Uncle Leo who was a bachelor, and Leo had a, had a heart condition. Amen. And they didn't know what they were going to do with Leo. They had no idea. I mean, within perspective. I mean, he had to have some place to go. He lived with his mother. And, and so my dad... Um, right after the funeral, he said, listen, he said, we'll take Leo into our home. And I'll never forget that. That was, I mean, that, that, that spoke volumes to me. It's things like that. And, and I got to believe that every one of you, that if you think long enough about your dad, you're going to come up with something like that. That there was something that he did, praise God. 
Listen to me, folks. That's where we need to go with this. There's too many in this world that are just tearing it down because of a few mistakes or a lot of mistakes that people have made. But today, God wants to restore the leadership to men. He wants to restore that aspect, praise God. And that's what I believe he's doing in apostolic churches. You can see the statistics, praise God, that men that will rise to the occasion and say, I'm not going to let things get in my way, praise God. I'm going to take our family to church. I'm going to make sure that they're in Bible study and that they're learning the things of God. My goodness, folks, the, the statistics go way, way up, praise God, that that is, that is a powerful thing. And so I want to see a return of that. Can you say amen? amen? Come on, I want you to understand that I believe God, with the influence of the men in this church, praise God, we can make a difference this year in the name of Jesus. Would you lift up your hands right now and ask the Lord to help you with that in the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. 27 and 10, Psalm 27 and 10, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord, I believe you are. Come on, bring back a memory, God. Bring back a memory of these people's fathers. Come on, I believe they're there. I believe they might be way, 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 you know, covered with all kinds of stuff right now. But God, I believe you can bring back a memory that will put a smile on their face in the name of Jesus. I believe that be your will in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. And so again, I'm not here to predict what your situation is and, and, and that type of thing and become unsympathetic to your plight. But here's what I want you to understand, praise God. Look at Psalms 27 and 10 up there. It says very simply, when my father and my mother forsake me. And listen to me, folks, everybody's going to feel that way from time to time. Everybody's going to feel slighted. I feel sorry, not, uh, I just feel sorry. Sister Carnahan and I were talking about it. You know, um, having siblings, and her and I, we talk about this a lot, about some of the fighting and the tussling that went in our homes and stuff like that. I feel sorry for you people that did not have that in your homes. I really do. A lot of that prepared me for life. Not all of it, but a lot of it did. Amen. We didn't always get along in our home. I'm going to tell you something. We had some tremendous fights in our home. If I had my brother get up here, he'd tell you about all kinds of stuff that happened. But, folks, I'm going to tell you something. It gave us an opportunity to forgive. It gave us an opportunity to come behind one another. It really taught us great things in Jesus' name. And so that wasn't, you know, just because we didn't get along from time to time didn't mean that my siblings rejected me. Come on, but you can start feeling that way. You can start feeling like, man, the world's against me and nobody likes me and boo-hoo and all that kind of business. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. That breeds negativity. That begins to go into the depths and it stays in some areas of a person's spirit. You want to know why? Because the Bible says a wounded spirit, who can bear? I'm telling you, folks, this is serious stuff. But I got a God, hallelujah. His name is Jesus, and he's on a healing rampage today. He's in this room today to make a difference for you in the name of Jesus. Look up there on the screen. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up in the name of Jesus. That's what you can believe. Come on, God can restore something. Oh, I feel it right now. There's many of you right now. That just hit a nerve in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Don't be ashamed. Come on, you can even stand up right now. You can begin to call upon the Lord. Come on, let his healing power come into your life right now. I'm telling you right now, God doesn't reject anybody. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hatakabarota. Come on, I believe the healing power of Almighty God is in this place. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, it is. Hallelujah. Man, I feel it in the name of Jesus. What a Father's Day this is going to be. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, God will lift you up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Years ago, I did a kind of a, a research on my own because I've had so many people come up to me and say, all you got to do is accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I went through this Bible, praise God, you know, vehemently and, you know, try to find that. And you want to know what the closest thing that I could find to that? Let me show it to you. First, the first chapter of the book of Ephesians. Look at the first chapter 
through the book of Ephesians. And I want to begin in verse number four there. The Bible says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now that is a powerful statement. What that is, is that's the intent of God. God has chosen you to do this so that you can be a part of this last day restoration. And then it says in verse number five, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. You see, that's what God did for you. He adopted you into his family, praise God. And the Bible says, it says, by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. What does that mean? That means that's exactly what God wants to see. And I'm talking about every person in this world, praise God. And then look at verse number six. This is as close as I could come to, to that statement, except Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Look what it says there. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. There's no idea of us accepting God. It's God accepting us that makes the difference. That's why when you start playing around with this concept of being rejected, I'm here to tell you that's dangerous stuff. That can begin to pollute and that can begin to poison, praise God. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but you and I, we've got a God that restores us. Even on your worst day, praise God, God's going to take you up. Even on your worst day, praise God, God's going to come into your life and he's going to become the father that you really need in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody here needs to get healed. Somebody here needs to quit poisoning the atmosphere with these kind of things in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Come on, can you feel the intensity of that? Come on, let me give you some more ammo here, okay? Look at the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter number 13, and let me show you something else that God stipulates in his scripture. Verse number 13, uh, or chapter number 13 of Hebrews, and let me begin reading in verse number 5 there again. Hebrews 13 and 5, it says, Let your conversation or your lifestyle be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said... And that he is God, by the way. He said in, in verse number five, he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Come on, folks. Somebody needs to underline that in their Bible right now. When you feel rejected, don't go to the world and get some kind of a sympathy party going. Why don't you go to your Bible and realize that your God never, never, never rejects you in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. I'm talking about a healing power in this place that can take 25 years off of your life right now come on that's what we're talking about today that's one of the reasons I have a problem with psychology it's because psychology a lot of times is good at identifying the problem but they don't get to the source of what the real solution is and I'm here to tell you that God is our solution God is our only solution he can come into your mind and your heart right now and he can take away those feelings in the name of Jesus come on somebody can lift their hands right now and it can happen for you even here this morning in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, that rejection, that is not from God in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Praise God, praise God. And because we don't have to deal with these matters the way the world does, we don't have to carry around the heavy chains of that. And man alive, I could feel it coming in here today that some of you are carrying these, 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 these huge chains around with you. And it's not because you're a bad person, it's because you're allowing those kind of influences to come into your life and not letting God begin to heal you this Father's Day. God wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal your heart in the name of Jesus. Can you lift up your hands right now? Come on, I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God, I come against that depression. I come against that chain that has held her down for so many years. I command that in the name of Jesus to let loose of her. Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, your word and your spirit, Lord God, is doing this today. Today, Lord God, is the day of salvation. You have literally in the spirit
Spirit walked into this place today and you have set the captive free. You have set the captive free. Ah, yes, Lord God, help us to get the co-perspective back into our minds and our consciences. Yes, Lord God, I, I release that right now in the name of Jesus. That's not denying bad. That's not saying some negativity doesn't happen. It just says I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to go there all the time. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to let God come into my life and do something special. Yay, stay there. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. One more scripture I want to give you on this subject, and then I promise you I'm going to move on in Jesus' name. But my goodness, I can feel the deep-rooted things of God coming apart right now. And I understand that this sometimes makes us feel uncomfortable. When God exposes things in our life that are not good, don't expect to be comfortable. But praise God, you can expect help. Even the worst thing in your life that happened to you, the worst rejection in your life is your mom and dad. The Bible teaches us in Psalm 27 that if that was to happen, praise God, God's going to come in. He's going to take you up. I'm telling you something, folks. One of the things the church has is something called hope. We have hope through any and all situations in Jesus' name. And this is what God wants to bring into your picture. He wants to restore the co-perspective in your life, praise God. Because if we're left up to our own perspective, we can get this thing way out of whack. And like I told you before, our perspective can become greater than truth. It literally can. And the truth of the matter is, you and I, we have God. And probably a lot of the truth of the matter is, is that's not the case. That's what you thought. And that's what I thought. And so you and I, we can be healed of that in Jesus' name. Look at uh, Romans chapter number 8. Let me give you one more. Mouth of two or three witnesses. Let these words be established. The scripture says, Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 15. It says, for, it says, ye have not received the spirit of bondage. Come on, I'm telling you something. God didn't put you in a slavery situation. It's your thoughts and my thoughts. It's our sin and our, 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 our lifestyles that a lot of times do. That, that, that's what that does. But God has set the captive free. That's why I'm telling yourself something right now, praise God. Living the way God wants you to live is not some kind of a self-righteousness you know, religion. It is getting yourself out of slavery in the name of Jesus. You might want to live with, with rejection thoughts and, 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 and all kinds of negativity that will affect every relationship, by the way. It will affect every relationship that you have. You can hide it as much as you want, praise God. But I'm here to tell you, God doesn't want you to hide it today. He wants to expose it because he wants to tell you that he can come into your life right now and begin a healing process that will revolutionize the rest of your life in Jesus' name. Come on, I feel the power of God in this place right now for that to happen. I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter how long it's been going on. This Father's Day can be your day of liberty in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And so the Bible says that you, uh, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. It says, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. That's what God wants you to understand. Come on, the book of Ephesians tells us he chose us. Come on, and he chose us before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? God in his foreknowledge, God in his, in his way, he can look down the corridors of time and he could see you, praise God, at such a time as this and say, come on, I have chosen you. I have chosen you to be a part of what I'm doing in this last day in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is God, amen. And that's what he does through his adoptive power, praise God. Amen, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's why I'm saying these, a lot of times these thoughts will keep us from coming to God in the complete way that he wants us to. Amen. And that's why I'm going to tell you something. A lot of times our relationship with the Father God, and Jesus called him Father. That wasn't Jesus as God, you know, referring to another God. That was Jesus referring to the Father as the Spirit, praise God. 
And that's why you and I must feel that liberty. We must be able to feel that boldness that we can come into that throne of grace in our time of need, praise God. And it doesn't matter what those rejections are, praise God. God can begin to repair them in Jesus' name. Come on, is somebody feeling that in your heart right now? Go ahead and lift up your hand right now and give God praise. Come on, give God praise. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, he does not reject you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Mota Yalabaha. Oh, Pahare. Oh, Pahare. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And so the Bible says in verse 16, and I'll quit this portion right now when it says the Spirit itself, and that's the Spirit of God, by the way. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. And so do you see the disadvantage a person has when their spirit is wounded? When they've allowed deep resentments and rejections to begin to become the thought patterns of their life? That spirit of God, praise God. I'm not going to say is at a disadvantage because God is never at a disadvantage. But you put yourself in a disadvantage. That's why forgiveness. And there's times I had to do it again today, praise God, in the prayer room. I take that rock, whatever it is, and I throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. Literally, God helps me to do that. The scripture says I can cast all of my care upon him, for he careth for me. There's not one thing that I can't do without his help. I'm here to tell you, folks, that's what I'm trying to get across here today. You might say that your situation is bad. You might have even made your case over the years. But I'm here to tell you, you haven't stopped to realize that God's going to take you up. God's your father in the name of Jesus. He's the one that brings healing power into the situation in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God that we are the children of God. That's what it is. The witness of God's spirit is what brings that to pass. And now can you begin to see the, the, you know, the, the dilemma that the church world of the, of the world is in when they begin to reject the spirit of God? when they no longer want to be filled with the Holy Ghost the way God said it's going to happen? That's not me judging them, folks. That's me praying for them. Because without the Spirit of God, I'm going to tell you something, folks. None of this is going to work. That's why I'm going to keep coming into places like this. I'm going to keep going into prayer rooms like that. I'm going to keep coming here on Saturday nights. I'm going to keep lifting up my hands and giving God praise in the name of the Lord. And let me be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody here right now, that's what you need in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you right now, that's the invitation that my heavenly Father has made to me. That's why you hear me pray, and I'm not trying to put on a show, but a lot of my prayer is in the Spirit, praise God. Why is that? Because I don't have any confidence in my flesh. I've got confidence in the Spirit of God. I know what He can do. I know what He can say. I know how He can deal with people in the name of Jesus. That's what it is. Amen. And it's my heavenly Father that taught me that. Come on, I give honor unto my, 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 my earthly father, praise God. He's been gone now since 1998. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I thank God for my heavenly father. He's the one that restores. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I have very, very, very few bad memories of my dad. And I'm sure there were times, but God has faded them, praise God. And it's not like I don't forget, or I, I forget. It's just the idea, I don't need to dwell on that stuff. Amen. I don't need to make that a big deal anymore. Amen. I just need to keep praising and lifting up God, and he will continually heal us in the name of Jesus. Come on. Can you just lift up your hands one more time? Give God praise. Give God praise. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hmm. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And I want to challenge you men today. I want to challenge you. Praise God, you faithful men. Praise God. I want to challenge you today in the name of Jesus. Look at uh, the book of Proverbs. I want to show you something here. 
book of Proverbs, chapter number 20. I heard a man one time do some teaching on this, and he entitled his message, he said, The Hardest Man to Find. And sometimes we wonder about that, and he gave all kinds of examples of professionals and things of that nature, and, um, you know, and, and all of that business. And, and in our world, you know, we're, 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 we're just obsessed with the word goat. We just are. It's everywhere. It don't matter what's going on out there. People want to know who's the goat. And what, if they ask me, you know what I'm going to tell them? It's found in the Old Testament. Praise God. The high priest or the priests used to lay their hands on that goat, and then they would lead that goat out, out of the city, praise God, and it became the, sco- the scapegoat. I know what they're talking about. G- goat is that acronym of the you know, greatest of all times. That's what people are interested in. And now it doesn't matter what people are doing now, boy, they're going to be compared with everything. And I understand that kind of stuff can come into the church. That some of us, you know, even in ministry, praise God, we start looking around and we just say, who's the goat, man? Well, I'm going to tell you who's the goat, praise God, and I'm going to talk with that Ackerman. The greatest of all time, his name is Jesus. Amen. He's the greatest of all times. There's nobody that even comes close to him. And as long as we can keep it like that, praise God, I'm going to tell you so, something can begin to happen. But look at this. The scripture says in chapter number 20 and verse number 6, it says there, it says most men, it says, this is Proverbs 20 and 6, it says most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. And he began to teach on that aspect. I'll never forget that. And I've got the notes, and, and it has spoken to me in volumes over the years. Praise God. Amen. And, 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 and that has helped me to understand. You know, the Amplified Version, um, uh, it says it like this. Many a man proclaims his own loving kindness and goodness, but a faithful man who can find. See, we can. And that sometimes has to do with our perspective. See, a lot of times we're just trying to protect our, our, our reputation. And I'm not saying, you know, the Bible does teach me that I'm not supposed to hide my light under a bushel. Read the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, you know. It says, glorify God in your good works. Literally, that's what Jesus told. But he said, glorify, your, you, know, your, your, you know, let people see your good works, but make sure that they put that glory unto God. In Jesus' name. And that has been one thing that the the apostolic movement, praise God, that you can tell, praise God. I'm not talking about it's perfect, but you can walk into apostolic churches, and one of the things that will be very profound in in amongst their, their worship and praise services is they're giving glory to God in the name of Jesus. And that's, in my opinion, that's one of the things that we men, we can lead by example, praise God. God is, is the author and the finisher of my faith, praise God. If I'm going to get anything accomplished, praise God, it's got to be through him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, you know, one of the things that we talked about this morning is being healed, being delivered in Jesus' name. And listen to me, folks. You know, it's not that that, that kind of thing can affect all of your relationships, but one of the major things that I have found, this is just my little research and my little observation, praise God, in life, being a pastor and minister, praise God, is that a lot of that kind of thinking will literally keep people from growing up. It really will. That they will stay small. They will stay petty. They will always bring that kind of thing up. And listen, I, I'm not eradicated from that stuff. That's why I must come to the Lord on a regular basis. I must lift up my hands and say, God, forgive me. Cleanse me, praise God. Help me to be cleansed from all of this wrong thinking, praise God. And let your grace and your power come into my life and do the work that you want it to do. And you know something, folks? It works. Hallelujah. That's one of the strongest witnesses that, that, that the apostolic church has, praise God. And what is that? Is that people can come into these churches and they can begin to see restored lives. 
They, begin, they can begin to see people that at one time were doing this or doing that or this was the priority in their life. But all of a sudden, praise God, these people are coming to church. These people are teaching home Bible studies. These people are, are, are concerned about ministry and that type of thing. These are, it's called a restored life, my friend, because this is what God predestinated for us. He didn't just want to save us and take us to heaven so that we could pollute that place up. He wanted us to begin to change and to begin to change our atmosphere and our attitude, praise God, to where we could begin to make an effect on the world down here in the name of Jesus. And that's what I want to try to help some of you understand. This is what God has intended for you. Amen. It doesn't have anything to do with talent or some kind of a, uh, you know, prestige. It has all to do with what God does in our lives in the name of Jesus. And so, yes, becoming faithful to him, that's what it is. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to give you that pin this morning. I hope every time you look at that pin that you'll begin to remember that, that a faithful person, a godly man, a faithful person, praise God, will lead by example, praise God. And this is what God wants to do, whether it be in fatherhood, whether it be in leadership in the community, whether it be in the church, it doesn't make any difference, praise God. God wants the man to return to a leadership position in the name of Jesus. And that's not putting womanhood down, folks. That is not what that's doing. That's enhancing the kingdom of God. That's the way God designed it, praise God. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ is the head, and then he wants to reach the man in the name of Jesus. That's what he wants to do here today. Amen. Amen. And that's why all of us need those, those, those things washed away in our lives. We need to learn, praise God, how to forgive, praise God, and how to begin to think, you know, in, a, in an, an entirely different way in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let me show you something here. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, and then I'm just about done here today. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And of course, some of you will right away will, will recognize that as being the love chapter. Paul put that purposely, I believe it was the Lord that put that chapter between chapter 12 and chapter 14. And he was emphasizing the gifts of the Spirit, praise God. And believe me, the gifts of the Spirit are important. Can somebody say amen? amen. I, and there's no question about it, praise God. We need to see more of the supernatural of God working among us. And you must understand the gifts of the Spirit will emphasize God. That's what it will do. Amen. Because you and I can't do it. You and I cannot achieve that without God's help. Praise God. And so we must understand that. But in the midst of this, God said, here's something that you can begin to work on. Praise God. And of course, we understand that this is talking about love. And the first verses there basically line this out. Paul said, listen, let's, let's, let's not get the cart before the horse. He said, well, let me just read it to you here. Uh, chapter 13 and verse 1. He said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am come as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. I believe that speaking in other tongues is a witness of the supernatural. Amen. It is. That's why when a person receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the initial baptism of the Holy Ghost, they will speak in other tongues. Why? Because God wants to emphasize the supernatural. Every gift needs to emphasize that it's by the supernatural, praise God. That's what he does. But Paul is saying here, he's saying, even though I do that, he said, I don't have the love of God. Listen, all I can do is become a sound. And listen to me, folks, that's not where the apostolic church is going. Amen. And then he goes on to say, he says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Again, he's emphasizing the supernatural. You and I cannot remove mountains. It's only through the faith of God that we can do that. And when it becomes us, no wonder we're feeling less and less and less and less and less of it. That's just the way it is. Folks, we have to emphasize God. That's what he wants us to do. That's why man, man of God, lead by example. Help your children, help your family, help the people that you work with understand that without God, it's never going to get done. And don't be ashamed of that. That's not a put down. That is a strong witness that God wants to put forth, not only in this community, but he wants to put it forth all over this world. That there's a group of people that aren't afraid to admit to the attitude of blessed are the poor in spirit. 
Basically, what that is interpreted as is blessed are they that are, in, that are totally dependent upon God. What does that mean? It says yours is the kingdom of heaven, praise God. That's what it's talking about. If you will emphasize God, the windows of heaven and the doors of heaven will open up, praise God. Amen. But let's, let's turn the coin over. If you're going to emphasize yourself, if you're going to get into some kind of a, a, you know, a, a negative party, that type of thing, those windows and those doors can close. And so I'm not here to threaten you. I'm just saying, listen, I don't want them to close. That's why no matter what you do to me, I'm going to forgive you. No matter what goes on in this church, and I got a, a, a considerable position in this church, I, you're not going to rob me from the Spirit of God. It's just not going to happen. And I know some of you have gotten mad at me about this. I know some of you have misunderstood and allowed your perspective to come into the picture. It's got nothing to do with me rejecting you. It's got, me, it's got to do with me emphasizing God. He's more important to me than you are, praise God. You might, yeah, that might sound cruel to you, but that's exactly the way it is in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's how it operates in my life. And that's the way it's always going to operate. And if you want to become a man of God, if you want to become a faithful man, you need to start thinking and considering these things in Jesus' name. And so Paul, he talks about the fact that even in your own efforts in verse number three, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profit me nothing. That isn't supernatural, by the way. That's you doing that. So what Paul is saying there, even though you're, knee, you're shoulder deep in, in, in the supernatural, praise God, and you decide you're going to become, you know, a philanthropist. Yeah, that. That, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't have the love of God. And so this is why the next few verses, and I'm not going to go there right now, but I'm going to encourage all of our men and women, if you want to, is to read the next verses. Because he outlines ten commandments of love. He outlines five principles that love will bring into your life. And believe me, these are the stabilizing factors. Not how much of the Bible you have memorized. Not how much of, you know, uh, how many works that you do for God. No, it has to do directly with the flowing of God's agape love. And that's what he's talking about there, by the way. He's not talking about a filial love that you and I can accomplish. We can have great friendships down here. We can learn a lot about people in relationship, that type of thing. But you and I, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That's why we must come to church on Sundays, Saturdays, Tuesdays, whatever the case is. And we've got to be lifting up our hands and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because we're never, ever going to accomplish this without his help. It's not going to happen, folks. It's got to be by the love of God. And the good news is, it's available. God doesn't stop it, praise God. It's flowing, praise God. It doesn't make any difference. It was flowing back in that prayer room this morning. It was flowing in this place last night. I'm here to tell you, folks, not because I'm here, but because he's here. Now, you have those open invitations, but you as a man, praise God, you can go ahead and you can decide what you're doing is more important than what God wants to do. And please, don't get your perspective going there and Carnahan's rejecting you. No, he's not. He's just by the help of God trying to help you to understand, praise God, that you and I are living in precious times. I don't know how much longer this is going to go on. I have no idea. There's some days I wake up and I read the news and then I just say, what am I doing that for? Praise God. But I start listening to the word of God and I begin to see the signs again and again and again and again how God is going to come back to this world. He's going to restore real order. But in the meantime, praise God, you and I are in a strategic situation in a position where God God wants to reach the lost in the name of Jesus. And through your influence with God's help, it can happen in the name of Jesus. Would you lift up your hands? Come on and receive that. Receive that with meekness. Hallelujah. Oh. Oh, yes, they are. Hallelujah. Ah. 
Come on, somebody needs to be crying out to God right now. Come on, quit bowing your head in rejection and start lifting up your hands and your voice and your eyes to heaven where your redemption comes from. God has not rejected you. He wants to help you. Come on, I believe the whole place ought to be on its, on its feet right now. I believe every God-fearing person ought to be on their feet right now with their voices lifted up in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you right now, that's what God wants to do. Oh, my yalava kohoshiata. Oh, baribahata. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. My goodness, my goodness. Come on, I'm telling you something, praise God. I know that I've been preaching here. I know that I've been trying to pierce through that veneer in the name of Jesus. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Amen. You can remain standing right now. Praise God. You can remain standing. I know I have preached here today. I know that, this, you, that there, most of you were not prepared for this. Praise God. This is God in the name of Jesus. That's my position. I am the watchman on the wall. That's what I am, praise God. And I take no glory in that. There's days when I'd say, God, give this to somebody else. And I'm not afraid to admit that. But God says, no, I put that upon you. And so I recognize that, praise God. Amen. That's why I need some of you to be able to come up here and, and exhort the word of God. Give a little bit of fluff. Yes, and that type. And I'm not putting you down. I need that. Because most of the time, there's so much on my shoulder that God has put on me through this week that I've got to deliver this. I can't, can't wait another week. It can't wait other days. Some of you right now are backsliding. That's exactly what you're doing. You're the church of Laodicea. You become lukewarm. The things of God, yes, you can feel them, but you're not, you're not sensing them every day like you used to. And I don't know about you, but you need that kind of a relationship with God. And I'm not putting you down. I'm not calling you out. I am just being a pastor praise God I am preaching the truth to you in Jesus name this world doesn't need some kind of a form of wimp manhood it needs real men that are going to be faithful people that are going to come and do the things that God wants them to do regardless of what anybody else does and I know that's a tall order I know it is I know it's relentless I get tired of it too there's times when I'd like to just take off and just say, man, leave me alone for a month. But God, just coming back to the prayer room will emphasize to me, you ain't got a month. You got to do it now. And I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for me. That is not the perception I hope you have. I hope that you can feel what's coming out of my gut right now. Praise God. I'm getting, I am telling you something, folks. I'm feeling it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. But on the other side, I'm feeling that God has, he has such a, a tremendous thing that he wants to put in our life. And when I refer to the Holy Ghost as a thing, that's no disrespect. Sometimes I just don't know what to call it. But I know that God wants to do that. And while we go through the motions and listen to CNN and get involved with all the worldly problems that are out there, and I'm not here to say they're not. I'm just saying the emphasis. I met with a group of these people this week, and I said, we got to get back to the basics. we got to get back to what God called us to do, and that is to preach the gospel to every creature. That is to become disciples and to make disciples. The disciples of Jesus Christ are the ones that are going to affect the world, not the ones that show up in here every once in a while. And if that's you, you're welcome. You can come here anytime you want. But I'm here to tell you, you're not going to have a real strong effect on people. Praise God. That's never going to happen. And so that's why we got to come become real. And let me show you how it's going to happen. Let me give you a solution here at the end. Now, I've been, been in the 13th chapter of Corinthians here now for a few minutes. We talked about the supernatural and, and the man ability. You can rise to the pinnacle of that. But if you don't have the love of God in your heart, it don't mean a whole lot to God. That's why God is constantly trying to strengthen us in love. That's what it is. And love is not a weak thing that lets people get away with murder. 
No, love is one of those strong things that will speak and live the truth. No matter what, that's what it is. And so finally he gets done with that. And you check it out yourself. There are 10, 10 commandments of love. Love does this, love does this, love does that. And then he goes into verse number um, um, uh, uh, number seven there where he says that love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, and it never fails. Five of them. Come on, get that in your spirit. That's where your strength will be. Amen. And so Paul says, what are we going to do with this? Well, he says in verse number eight, he says, charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. He said, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall be done away with. Why? Because verse number nine says, even in our best A game, folks, we just know in part. God is the only one that knows it all. Not you and not me. And we've got to settle that in our hearts. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And then he goes on to say, he says, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is done, that, that which is when it is in part shall be done away. I believe that that periodically happens even right now. I believe we can be in a service. I'm expecting that to happen in, in August. That during one of those services, the perfect's going to come. And everything is going to line up. And we're going to go out of here going, whoa. And we're going to say, rapture. Because within a few minutes, we can screw it back up. But that'll happen periodically. It happens to us sometimes on Sunday night. It might even happen tonight. But here's what you and I can work on. Paul, admitting himself, when I was a child, he says, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, and I, under, and I thought as a child. When does that end? When does that end? Well, here it is. He says, but I put away childish things. Men, please, please don't dismiss this as Carnahan wanting to get on your bad side. Please don't do that. You'll make a huge mistake when you do that. I am trying to help you. Because if you were healed today, and I believe many of you were, now whether or not you, you continue in that vein, that's up to you. I have learned a long time ago. God got mad at me one time. I'm not mad, but he reprimanded me. He said, I did it. He said, don't you deny that I don't. When you pray, you lay hands on the sick, they recover. He said, but if they don't want to fully recover and walk in that light, he said, that's their business. And so right now, I'm telling you, every one of you in this room and those of you on the internet, you have been healed of rejection. You have been healed of that little disease that has been plaguing you for too long. Now, whether or not you want to go ahead and continue in that light, that's up to you. I'm not going to make you do that. I'm not going to follow up and, and knock on the door tomorrow morning and say, are you doing this? No. This is how I'll tell. This is how I can tell whether or not I'm getting it. How do I talk? How do I understand things? What am I thinking about what they are doing? That's pretty indicting, isn't it? But it's a foolproof way, praise God, to help us to put away these childish things that seemingly have been plaguing us for too long in Jesus' name. And it's not that I don't care what they did to you. That's not the point. I'm just saying by you dwelling on it and getting mad and rehashing that over in your mind every day of your life isn't going to do squat. It's not going to do anything. And so the best that you and I can do is to be healed and to stay healed in the name of Jesus and allow the light of God. I'm going to talk about that tonight if the Lord continues to give me the green light. I'm going to talk about what do we do with truth? Come on, I'm telling you tonight, you can expect some powerful things in the name of Jesus. I want you to come to this altar, praise God. I want you to come, and we're going to pray together, praise God. Come on, I believe the Lord is here. He has taken you up. I don't care who has rejected you. God hasn't. 
He has taken you up. And come on, somebody here needs to speak like that. You need to believe that in your spirit in the name of Jesus. That's what you need to do. You need to quit feeling sorry for yourself, and you need to rejoice that your heavenly Father has reached out his hand to you from the heavenly realm in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. Come on. Let's let this service end the way God wants it to in the name of Jesus. Oh, kababreta. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Let's get into the inner circle. Let's get into the inner realm. Ah, Tayalamako. Ay, Tayalamako. Yay, Lemanda Yalamanias Tianda. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God. Yes. 